Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane, from the Apollo 13 Minute and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Chris Henry from the Apollo 13 Minute. And when we combine our powers, we... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Do we have some sort of, like, like rings or something? Yeah, we I <laughs> Shape of a pygmy marmoset. <laughs> yeah, there you are. <laughs> wow. Well, we're still flying over the the world's biggest boneyard. It's just it. You know, it, it's funny. I can watch this over and over just for looking down, and it just looks like there used to be a thing in boys' life where you can order like a hundred plane models, oh, and, they were, yes. and, and when you get them, they were about they were about as big as those things that you were looking out the window. It was right. about you know toothpick sized planes, but it was like you had a hundred of them in a big plastic <laughs> bag, and they were all you know very warpable plastic, and some of them had the uh, the engine cowlings were melted, and but still you know you could set up your whole, whole air force in your uh, in your bedroom. It, long before are, there were Legos to step on, they had those things. Those were in the same vein as the uh, as the you know real army footlogger full of a hundred toy soldiers and oh, yeah. and those were a lot of those were even just pressed cardboard yeah oh, you know, wow. were sort of punched wow. out and uh there's a uh, just to digress because it's what i do there's a great book out there i think it's called mail order memories um that uh, just dives deep into the history of all of those mail away toys and things that we remember so well and it was that kind of that difference between you know what was advertised and what you actually got. Yeah, um, yeah. The the, uh, the the word the most disappointing one is the uh, the submarine that shot real Polaris missiles. And <laughs> they didn't mention that the box that it came from was the thing that you had to unfold to turn into the oh. uh, submarine. It was a cardboard submarine. Oh. So, so if you uh. used a box cutter to open the thing up, you instantly wrecked the submarine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, I would that's, say, the, that's the after deck, yeah. I would say tied for most disappointing. I remember very clearly my brother ordering from one of those ads, and I can still picture the ads, ordering the seven-foot-tall Frankenstein monster. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I had that, too. It was quite a quite a, amazing. And, you know, in the ads, it's a picture of Boris Karloff. And, you know, as a little kid, you're thinking, what if it actually comes to life? You know, we're going to be in trouble. We're not going to be able to contain this thing. Are we, are we sure we're ready for this? Getting this giant monster? And it was... It was a balloon, just like a regular, you know, balloon you'd blow up with a Frankenstein face on it, and then a piece of plastic, like a like a white garbage bag, that had a cartoon body on it. Yeah, and you, yeah like it, you it, would it tape was... the balloon to the top of the plastic and then hang it from a clothes hanger. And if you got it high enough on the ground, sure enough, it was seven feet tall. But oh my <laughs> gosh, it was so it was such a colossal wow. letdown. I got. Uh, I think the the. Uh... The thing that I got, it, it wasn't a letdown, but I just remember doing the mail order thing, was uh, being a kid of the 80s, you had to send away for a special G.I. Joe. You could only get it through the mail. Um, so you had to like collect your G.I. Joe points, and you sent away for it, and it was Sergeant Slaughter. And uh, I was so geeked out to get it. And uh, uh, I still have it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> But yeah, I was really, really like, my mom was like, it's a scam. You know, my dad was like, ah, no way, it's Sergeant Slaughter and helped me get it. And uh, um, yeah, 
<laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, yeah, I, I misspoke. The book that I was talking about was Mail Order Mysteries. So ah. anybody out there that has an interest in it, uh, I, you, have you a just sold a fun. you just sold a copy. I got go. <laughs> I got your X ray specs and and uh, sea monkeys, uh, yeah, oh, the, uh, all that, uh, the, the all muddy, that good the, stuff. The, the the dirty soap that would make your hands dirty when you order, <laughs> all kinds of gag gifts. Yeah, that's, um, that's funny. My but, my neighbor joined one of those. Uh, uh, seed selling things where you sell seeds out of a catalog and you get your own package that you had to go around and sell sell them and uh it was from no company i'd ever heard of but one of the seeds they one of the packets that they were selling was dandelion flowers so <laughs> if you wanted to plant dandelions in your backyard they sent you a, a bat you know and you're some, somehow supposed to sell these and then turn the money back in and then you'd get fabulous prizes but was, wow you could order your own weeds um, I got these shower rings. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Del Griffith. Yeah. yeah. They're full of helium. They're, they're yeah. light. Yeah. Actually, these are earrings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're flying over, but uh, then, of course, we've got to get out of the nose, affecting the CG and putting the, the pilot in peril as he trims mightily, I would think. But I don't know if uh, – can you land with somebody in the nose? I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's just say that the ride programs really don't like to do that, um, but you you can. Um, a lot of the crews would normally head to the radio room for takeoff and landings, um, just you know, just for an extra added uh, safety that you're not right up front. But yeah, but yeah, you could actually. I mean, or you you could absolutely do it. I mean, it, there are some B seventeen operators that let you take off from the nose still, but. Uh, uh, our operation is uh, everybody in a seat, not in the nose. When my when when uh, my folks and I used to fly non rev on American Airlines, we'd always wind up in the back of the you know like <laughs> seat seat thirty three uh, D E and F, and uh, you know up against the lav, and uh, I I kind of grumbled when we were in the back, and so. My dad said, "Well, you never heard of anybody backing into a mountain." So, <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow, there's a little dose of perspective for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 we land first. That's how we always say, "Oh, we'll land first, and nobody ever backed into a mountain." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, so they're uh, they're all looking down. Um, you know, for guys that are well traveled, they don't seem to have much of like a five o'clock shadow or anything. I guess they had access, easy access to razor blades and soap and stuff. It's just. Uh, um, well, this is a very spacious airplane. I mean, they probably yeah. each had their own <laughs> yeah. sleeping quarters and full bathroom and everything else. I mean, since yeah. you've got a studio apartment on the nose. Yeah. So there's a, there's a kitchen and a sink somewhere in there, I'm sure. Yeah, there must yeah. Be. Probably, probably past the uh, breakfast buffet. Um, <laughs> exactly. Wow. And then we get into a great little, it's not a montage, but just a, a great scene of here they are back in the world that they saved and right. uh, in the back of a taxi cab. Um, Hen, Hen, Henson, I think is the name of the guy. He has a little bag next to him that, uh, Oh, probably. It looks like there's a P in front of it. Maybe Stevenson. Oh, Steve. Oh, it could be yeah. Al, Ste- so yeah, it's Al, Al Stevenson. Yeah. Bag, so that's yeah. the cargo. Yeah. So, um, he'll throw his bag up front and then the, <laughs> when three and, grown men could fit in the back of seat of a cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Room to spread your legs out. Um, yeah. the, uh, and we're driving through what is supposed to be. Boone City, but there's there's so many different there's so many different versions of Boone City. We were when we were flying over uh, Jackson High in the last minute, where uh, uh, Homer talks about throwing so many forward passes for the football oh, right. team, and uh, we're back in what's now, o- obviously uh, the Greater LA Basin. 
Now, is Boone City completely <laughs> fictional, or was was there a, yeah, a real Boone there, City? There is no there is no Boone City. Okay, this is just that's just a, a tarp over the whatever the real name of that uh, right. that thing is. It, most of this is filmed in the Los Angeles area. These these scenes that we're we're seeing here, they're in either the Los Angeles area or the Seattle area, and we'll be coming across some things that we can freeze frame on as as we go through. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, just outside of Indianapolis, there's a Boone County Airport. Hmm. Um, oh, interesting. We, yeah, we used to hang out there all the time. So I, I keep thinking about Boone County when we're watching, you know, uh, every mention of this. So, uh, well, you you can see a brief. There's a brief scene, obviously, uh, downtown L.A. because uh, they're driving by the third, uh, the 5700 block of Olympic Boulevard. Huh. Which I haven't looked at what's on that corner in L.A., but uh, there's a scene with just normal, you know, people they haven't seen in a while, girls in civilian dress. I mean, other than, you know, Homer's seen Navy nurses and uh, they may have seen some USO girls uh, or, you know, people in Britain or overseas. But uh, here's some civilian women just going on with life with with little kids huh. who have never really known war, at least not up front, not up close. Unlike the kids that they probably met in Japan and Germany, um, it's, well, this this whole scene is so uh, it it's such a great transition because we've you know the movie we we start the film and they're 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 tired and they're beat and they're just trying to get home and it's this morass of bureaucracy and they get in the airplane and so things are going well but they look at the boneyard and that you know that that choice to use the boneyard to get us sort of from military life back into civilian life that that you know even in, from transportation from a bomber to a taxi cab and stuff like that to bring us in there is so powerful you see these you know these airplanes we don't need them anymore they're all going to be chopped up they're going to be even the ones that are brand new factory to scrapyard as he says and then we're on the ground and we're in a cab and everything just looks wonderful you know pretty girls and uh Jim, I know you mentioned uh, the music in particular being strong in this scene. Yeah, we're 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 listening to uh, the fantastic uh, work of uh, composer Hugo Friedhofer, who it's so complex. I mean, this guy is a contemporary of Aaron Copland, and remember at the time Aaron Copland was writing music. I mean, he wrote the music for of Mice and Men. Uh, we think of you know Appalachian Spring and Rodeo and things like that as uh, as classic American pieces, but it comes from. Uh, his, uh, uh, you know, these were all film scores uh, to begin with. And, and you can hear this Copeland-esque, very American sound. There's um, there's this driving beat underneath that's played on uh, uh, pizzicato uh, cellos and basses as as they're sitting in the car watching watching things go- going by. It's very, um, very legato, sweeping, sweeping epic music. And it just feels very not triumphant but optimistic and happy i mean we, we're seeing scenes like those guys driving the model a the, the the jalopy and it's all like you know hopped up and things and, and it's just this is normal life and these you know the, the men are so happy to be part of this and the music really underlines that without being really overwhelming but it's still you feel it it, it does bring an emotional response you just hearing that music without having to say words uh, and just it does underscore it so perfectly as there's just a jauntiness to the uh, uh, to the music. And it is so, as you said, it's it's so upbeat, it's optimistic, and we're just we're just looking around at all this daily life and and you know we we see the stadium, and of course, where he asks about uh, you know how they're doing, well, they're in sixth place. So 
that that's interesting because it's it's great to be home. It's neat to see this. You know, some things are still the same. You know, the baseball team still sucks, but uh, <laughs> oh, um, they went to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, they got dropped off at the wrong spot. But the smiles on their faces as they're looking around—they're so just excited to see, uh, you know, normal yeah. normal yeah. life. Yeah. The ability to get a, a tamale. I mean, right? Yeah, twenty cents. <laughs> you know, I I keep looking at this that little food stand. And, you know, I've got the Coke cooler out front. The tamales are 20 cents. Looks like hamburgers are presumably also 20 cents. And then it, the, the, big, the tagline just says, settle for a hot dog. And I keep thinking it should say, like, why settle for a hot dog when you could get a hamburger or a tamale? But they sell hot dogs, too. If you watch they carefully, hot, yeah, yeah, right below the hamburgers, uh, it says hot dogs. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I, w- I will tell you, if you Google that phrase, settle for a hot dog, the first thing I found was a Facebook post from the Flying J truck stop a couple of years ago uh, that said, why settle for a hot dog when you can make something called a hot dang, which uh, looks like the <laughs> ultimate in like dreadful midnight homebrew convenience store cuisine. So anybody out there who's bored, Google uh, Flying J and Hot Dang, and you'll learn how to make a hot dog with nacho sauce and crunched up Doritos and things. Hey, wow. Hal, Hal, I'm not doing anything after this. I know there's a Flying J. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, come, I'll come pick you up, man. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back live uh, with a report and see what we think of the, exactly. of the and, Hot Dang. And Heartburn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah it'll just be me doing the, doing the show alone while the two of you are moaning in the background. Exactly. I can't talk. Yeah. Boy, you, you think that guy with no hands had it rough? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't have a hot day. He didn't have wow. a hot dang. Yeah, guy. I keep I keep seeing in the background that that behind the settle for a hot dog is like this large tire center. Jack's yeah. toll tires. Jack toll tires. New, new and used. We recap and retread your tires. And I keep thinking, I know, you know, thank God nobody retreads their tires anymore. Oh but this is you know the old. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, what could, what could possibly go wrong after you, you know, you're loaded up on 20 cent tamales and your tires redone? Everything's fine in your yeah, life. Yeah, don't forget the deposit on that Coke bottle. Yeah, um, it's, exactly. Yeah, but I, and I just keep thinking, well, they don't they don't do that anymore. But how many times have you had to re, you know, like they patch your they they still patch your tires? And I keep thinking, I I have a I had a front right tire that i re like i've re-plugged about four times and it's got a great tread on it but i keep thinking gosh that thing has whole you know four, <laughs> four bionic replacements on the thing well, they still so. do that with uh, aircraft tires really oh wow. yeah with, with airplane especially like 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 b17 tires stuff that's harder to get uh they'll absolutely it, to a certain point then after a while it gets the, the tire gets to a point where it can't you can't do that but if if the, if the sides are in good enough shape they can actually like recap the tire for you wow um we we drive by after we go past uh the tire store uh we go by one of the most famous uh of retailers the fw woolworth company oh wow and, uh gosh i i grew up with that red and gold sign like most people did oh sure yeah we and... had a we had which i'm ashamed to say that we probably called it woolworths uh yep, with I an did, yeah yeah um and uh, even though it was, I think it was technically, what well, was FW Woolworth? And maybe I wonder if it ever did. Did it become at some point? Uh, they they did use Woolworth. They did use Woolworth as a sign, especially when they moved out to the malls and strip malls. Okay. They, they used Woolworth, and then later they also used Woolco, which was a competitive with uh, Kresge's version of of their discount store called Kmart. Oh, huh. gotcha. So and uh, when you do a quick uh, Wikipedia search of the FW Woolworth company. Somehow it's it's like 
crazy depressing because this was, you know, these were stores that you'd look forward to going to. They were they were the original. I mean, when I was a kid, they were dime stores, and I think originally they were the five and dime, but by the 70s, uh, they were just dime stores. But, yeah, there'd be toys and all kinds of other houseware sorts of things. Um, but now you go to Wikipedia, and it says, this article is about the company now known as Foot Locker. Oh, wow. wow. I mean, what, a strange, <laughs> uh, what a strange journey that must <laughs> yes, have been. Yes, that's what from. the F stood for, probably. <laughs> Foot Locker W. Woolworth was his name. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, uh, my... My dad worked for Woolworths when he was a when he was a kid, and uh, he worked in their bakery department. And he said, uh, to his dying day, he said, "Never, never buy brownies because they were what they would do is they would take angel food cake and put it in the wind because they had a bakery department in Woolworths, and uh, they'd make angel food cake. And when it got uh, when it stayed in the window too long, they'd take it in the back, grind it up, recook it with uh, cocoa powder, and make devil's food cake." And then wow. when those got too dried out, they'd add oil to it, grind it up again, and make brownies. So he said, if you ever, if you ever had brownies at Woolworths, they were it was month old angel food cake. Oh, um, but, well, and and that led to uh, that beautiful skyscraper in New York. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. hard to believe. You know, I guess they, they, you don't get rich by selling old, good brownies. So yeah, yeah. The, the house that month month old brownies built. Yes, um, exactly. The uh, it, they used to, uh, of course, the uh, one of the um, heirs to the Woolworth fortune was uh, the actress Betty Hutton, and uh, oh. my gr- my grandmother on my mo- mother's side used to have a bunch of Woolworths uh, great coffee mugs. They were gigantic. They were like, I mean, twenty ounce. This was back in the day when everybody had little teacups, but they had these like twenty ounce mugs and saucers that would go with them. And uh, my grandmother used to call them from the Betty Hutton collection, and <laughs> she she got them at Woolworths for a nickel. And it was you know that that was where you got your uh, your daily you know not your fine china that you brought out at Thanksgiving, but the daily day to day stuff you picked up at Woolworths for a nickel a plate. Um, How should we bring up the yeah. history of our B twenty five and the the Hutton family? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah. you probably have. Oh. A- closer grasp of that than i do so but, uh, the go B, for it. yeah our b25 which uh again how's and i work for ea so ea's b25 but it's our b25 day sure. yeah yeah and uh well jim's um, a but, member of ea so yeah, yeah so yeah, it's I'm, all of it yeah I, so i, ju- I just yeah. renewed for two years so yeah. i'm good Don't so worry. our b25 <laughs> um <laughs> was converted to um sort of a flying yacht if you will in an executive transport plane uh, by the Woolworth family, it was actually Barbara Hutton that uh, had it then and had it done. So wow, um, yeah, it's so our airplane, and there's actually some photos of our airplane out there, uh, sort of in the paint scheme with the Woolworth family still. Wow, uh, or with the Hutton. <laughs> that's, that is a classy way to get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, and and we're lucky that they, uh, you know, lucky that they did that because of course we've restored it. Uh, to you know, largely military configuration, and certainly as it looked in the movie uh, Catch Twenty Two, but uh, um, our B twenty five has an air stair. So you open the door, and the stair folds down, and it's uh, you don't need uh, you don't need ladders or uh, you know portable uh, uh, Bluth family style uh, chair truck or anything yeah. to get up into. <laughs> you can just open the door, and the stairs come uh, come right down, and that really is nice for air tours and things like that. It yeah. minimizes what we need in terms of ground equipment. There, there are three frames in the story as, we, as we're passing by the Woolworth uh, sign that identify where that B-roll was taken, that it's in Seattle. Uh, we see oh, a brief nice. moment of uh, Arden certified milk. And uh, the Arden oh, okay. Farms, Arden Farms has been purchased through several other companies, but they were a Seattle area 
uh, milk company, uh, very popular in the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, and I'm uh, I'm ashamed to say I lived in that area for more than thirty years, and and I didn't. You never catch had a glass that. of Arden milk, I guess. <laughs> so, I've just I'm hung up on the sales ladies wanted ad in the uh, the window of Woolworth there, and how <laughs> that would somehow be a hate crime today. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, huh, times have changed. But yeah, and this is I. I look at these things and I keep thinking, this is, uh, I was born, uh, you know, being, being the old guy of this group, um, I, was, I was born just 14 years after this, uh, these pictures were taken. Um, and yet a lot of the things that are there, I can easily remember growing up with the, uh, the young woman push, pushing the, uh, the first of the baby boomers. Um, right, they're the, at 52 oh. seconds in or so? Yeah, that's that's right. She's pushing like a combination shopping cart and toddler mobile. So uh, does it say Coca-Cola on there? Uh, I can't it's, it's, quite tell. It's a little it, too it, small it has, to read, but it's got, that, it's got that really similar script to it. It has that script. It might just say something like kitty car or something. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, everybody had that. Um, and the old style California, and that, we're, again, we're back in California because you can see the California style um stop sign on the window the yellow sign with the uh, word stop written in reflective oh. um buttons and the kind of the the barber pole stripes yeah exactly the, uh, that's that's pole. from the california era of uh which i i mean i think that was a holdover and we talked about this on the rocketeer minute yeah. that a lot of signage was done by private companies that were interested in promoting road service and it just stuck around for you know 20 years it's like okay we'll <laughs> get some more of those um but this is you know somewhere on Perhaps Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, the, the 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 last one was an Olympic Boulevard, and I'm thinking that they just drove around the Wilshire area taking pictures of things going on. This woman might not have even known that she was going to be in a movie. <laughs> um, but I can remember being like two or three, two or three years old, and having one of those styles of not quite a a, a stroller. I mean, it is a stroller basically. It's an open air stroller uh, that my mom had one of those for me. And I can remember having to hang on for dear life as we went to the, you know, the, the grocery store. <laughs> you know, kids today, they don't understand how, you know, we weren't safe back then. We played on asphalt. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't mean to turn this into a, uh, uh, a show where I talk about books that I like, but uh, um, I've got a series of books by a guy named uh, James Lilix, who's uh, out of Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And but, yeah. My first favorite of his was the Gallery of Regrettable Foods, which was yes. just disgusting <laughs> recipes from the like 50s, 60s, and 70s, and things like that. Sort of weird, like spam meatloaf, uh, tuna casserole uh, surprise. Um, but then he did one uh, called Mommy Knows Worst, and it's just tales of uh, it's ads and things like that of bad parenting. And there's a great picture right toward the beginning of that book, and it's uh, it's your local A&P supermarket, and there's a designated section for stroller parking. And so you go to the grocery store and you just put your kid along the sidewalk with all the other kids in their strollers and you go in and do your shopping. And this is just perfectly normal (laughs) and totally, totally legitimate. And that's um, maybe not quite in any of our lifetimes, but not long before. Yeah, I I can remember. I mean, I went when I lived in uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and this was in the mid 60s. I was five years old going to kindergarten. I lived four blocks away from home. And when kindergarten was over. We all just got let go, and, and we walked. We walked home, and you know, made sure that you crossed at the corner where the traffic lady was to cross us at the corner. But I think of my five-year-old granddaughter and the idea of letting her roam for blocks and blocks in a city. It just—I can feel the sweat building on the palms of my hands. No, it just oh seems so horrifying. 
Uh, um, we uh, we go from uh, from there, and oh gosh, I, 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 can you imagine the value of that uh, fire engine that's at Engine Company Thirteen? Oh man, that's not gorgeous. <laughs> Which is from uh, Engine Thirteen in uh, or Fire Station Thirteen is on West Pico Boulevard in. Uh, it looks nothing like that uh, nowadays, <laughs> but uh, just a. That's a gorgeous thing that that I, I guess it's it looks like it's a Ford label logo on the front. I can't quite. Or is that an early Peterbilt? Um, yeah, I couldn't quite get a great uh, a great look at it. And then I was hung up at the end end of this minute. We might see a get a better look at it in uh, tomorrow's minute. But there's the 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 good food the steaks uh, sort of the yeah. side, roadside diner kind of thing. And there's ah. a transition there. There's a billboard with an owl. That says it was you know, something about being wise and clear heads something, and it's just cut off out of frame. Oh, I was yeah. curious about that because I mean I remember uh, in the seventies remember Woodsy the Owl uh, huh. as part of the anti litter campaign. Help Woodsy spread the word. Don't be a dirty bird. Anybody? Yeah. Just ringing yes. any bells? Yes. Yeah. Or are you just are you just saying that because you no 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 I, I do remember Woodsy Owl. Yeah, he's he's up there with McGruff the Crime Dog. You know? Right. And, those, yeah. and, you know, kind of a second-rate Smoky Bear and things like that, but I, but he didn't come around until like right about 1970. So yeah, this guy was probably selling either beer or cigars. I mean, that was right. <laughs> Slightly uh, different approach. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I do want to know what there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason it's been 20 years at the spot because they haven't been. Yeah, you know, on the on the sign for steak that says 20 years in the spot. There's a reason in quotes, and yes. that's probably what you know, Mrs. <laughs> Charlie's wife was saying. You know, if we made more money or had better food instead of good, we had the best food. We wouldn't be stuck in this little <laughs> diner. Um, <laughs> there's a reason. Like yeah. you, just want, you just want to go in and have a charbroiled. You know that they're they're the charbroiled oh, yeah. steak. The the the. Uh, the, the burn marks on the side of it are just about an inch wide. Oh, yeah. You get a big russet potato about the size of your head and <laughs> enough butter to, to choke a horse. Uh, yeah. Cooked by, cooked by a uh, guy smoking a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, three, three guys that all look this, they, they all look like Vic Tabak. They all yes. look exactly yeah. like Vic Tabak, and there's, there's a handful of sort of saucy waitresses and yeah, <laughs> and they uh, they know Chewing. what to bring when you ask for the usual. Yes, yeah, <laughs> snapping Wrigley's while they're taking your order. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and there is a phone on. Yeah, there's another. Gosh, you know, so much stuff vanishing as you, as you go by. There's a on that on the the pole out in front. They advertise that there's a bell system phone available indoors. So they oh, must wow. have had a payphone somewhere. Huh. Um, just a uh, uh, different world, but a uh, just a wonderful. A wonderful time, except for just having that that big World War II thing going. Yeah, right. Uh, wow. Well, uh, this has been a fascinating minute, and there's more more to come. So uh, I would strongly recommend that if people could come back uh, next time, we'll, we'll be here tomorrow. But uh, I just want to explain that uh, listeners can find the Best Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site at thebestminutes.com. On social media, if you'd like to reach out, we always love hearing about your stories too. So please uh, join us over on Facebook at butch's place the best years of our lives listeners cafe and on twitter of course at uh the best minutes uh we will return uh next time tomorrow so please join us as we end the week here on uh the best minutes podcast
Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor. 